Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Good afternoon and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here together working hard to improve our financial IQ. It's important to understand that there are multiple IQs. There's a um, relationship IQ, a sexual IQ, a fitness IQ. All the parts of a balanced life require a certain intelligence. And if you're going to live and excel in the different parts of a balanced life, you really need to study that particular point. Um, There are so many great books out there on marriage. There's so many great books on sexual relationships. There's so many great books on fitness, on nutrition, and thousands of great books on wealth. You know, you have to understand these things are not taught in high school and college. You've got to go do it. Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, Jim Rohn said it best when he said, formal education will make you a living. You know, it'll get you by. Self-education will make you a fortune. And by fortune, he's not just referring to money. He's referring to relationships, romance, fitness, nutrition, every part of a balanced life. You've got to study it yourself. You know, one of the first things that I ask when a person says they're divorced or getting divorced is, you know, how many books have you read on relationships? And I'm telling you, granted, it's just my past experience, so this is anecdotal, none None. They think they're just going to figure it out as they go. Well, that didn't work out very well. So it's important to spend a little bit of time every week studying, attending seminars on the different parts of a balanced life. Now, Total Wealth Academy, the reason we're called Total Wealth Academy is because we do have classes on those subjects. We have a nutrition class. We have a uh, exercise class, a fitness class. Um, we have you you name it. If it's part of a balanced life, we're going to be discussing it at Total Wealth Academy, along with how to build a second stream of income with real estate. Total Wealth Academy is primarily a education and mentoring program for people that want to learn how to use real estate to build a second stream of income. And this really seems to be the only business model in America that's working. The concept of just working, scrimping, saving your way to retirement doesn't work. 95% of Americans fail to retire by age 65. You got to think about this. The average savings for a 65-year-old in the United States is 170 grand. No one's retiring with 170 grand. They have to keep working. Or 
if for health reasons they can't work anymore, they become a burden on their children or worse, a burden on the government. And, and I say worse because the government doesn't give you much money. You know, they, they expect you to live well below poverty income if you don't prepare and plan for your retirement. Now, if you're married to a woman, you have to understand she's going to outlive you 18.5 years. Do you understand that you have to prepare for 18.5 years of income? How many of you are prepared for that? Very, very few people. Obviously less than 5% of Americans. But there is hope. And that's what we do at Total Wealth Academy. We're teaching people how to get into that 5% with the goal of turning that 5% to 10%. And then when I'm dead, I hope my son takes over and changes it from 10% to 15%. Or maybe he can change it to 20 because he's young. He's got plenty of time. But I would love to see Americans, you know, reverse it. 95% of Americans achieve retirement by age 65 because there's 5% of Americans that aren't going to do anything. They're just not. So it's never going to be 100%. So we take people by the hand, step by step, through coaching and consulting, and show them how to use everything from single-family homes to little apartment complexes to big apartment complexes, 500 units, to self-storage complexes, senior living complexes, uh, RV parks, hotels, strip shopping centers, Anything that produces a permanent cash flow for our investors, that's what we're buying. And we do that in an environment where you have unlimited question and answer or unlimited consultations. There's nothing that can hold you back from achieving that goal of having a second stream of income that comes in the rest of your life. The power of your second stream of income is that when you retire, whether you live five years or 50 years in retirement, it doesn't matter. That money comes in. So for a lot of you, again, married to a woman, you can build a second stream of income to hand off to her that will last her more than 18.5 years. So that's our my little sales pitch for Total Wealth Academy, I guess. I want to do something odd today. Um, yeah, there's no other word for it. It's kind of a public service message, if you will, for my friends who drive motorcycles and pickup trucks. And it comes from a statistic I read recently that three of the most dangerous vehicles on the road, in other words, more people die from these three vehicles than all the rest of the vehicles uh, in the top 10 or something like that combined. They're all pickup trucks. And I began to wonder about that until I started observing the way pickup truck drivers drive. And by the way, I'm a pickup truck driver. Um, I have my Ferrari, but my daily driver is a pickup truck. It's almost as if 
it's not that the vehicles are dangerous. It's the way they're driven. People are driving their pickup trucks like cars. Pickup trucks are not cars, people. They don't stop as quickly. They don't turn as quickly. They don't handle as effectively. They're doggone pickup trucks. And our friends, relatives, are dying in them because they're driving them like cars. I'm I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I have so many friends that have pickup trucks being in the real estate industry. Um, And then, of course, I have a ton of friends who have motorcycles, and we'll talk about that too. But I'll, I'll make it brief, and we'll talk about that when we come back from the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where I'm doing a weird thing of kind of doing a public announcement, public service announcement, um, because I don't think that truck drivers are aware of this, and they should be, and you should Google this and look at this research. Um, I do not have the link. Um, It was told to me by my son, Trevor, who does the Wednesday show. I might be able to get it. I just didn't ask him for it. But look it up. Uh, U.S. country, United States, most dangerous vehicles. And three of the top ten are pickup trucks. And I think they may even be three of the top five. Um, Trucks are not cars. Yet people are driving them as if they are. They're driving too close. A car can stop in, say, 80 feet. Your truck, it's going to take 120 feet. Which means if you're 10, 20 feet behind the car and you slam on your brakes, you're hitting the car in front of you because they're going to stop faster than you. When it comes to turn radius, when it comes to handling, I saw, you know, since I heard this article, I don't know why, it just seems like I all of a sudden saw truck drivers driving crazy all over the place. Uh, One morning on the way to the office, this guy was weaving through traffic like he was in a Ferrari. He's like, "You, are you stupid? What are you doing? There's one thing you got to understand. When you drive fast, you're not just risking your life. You're risking the lives of others. And as a rule, people will do three times as much to protect or help others as they will themselves. So you need to think about that when you're driving like that. The other thing is there's certain people whose egos, they think they're cool when they drive fast. They think they're so important. I'm more important than everybody else on the road. So I'm going to, I'm late for work. I, I, these people aren't important. These people are in my way. You know, all that ego-based crap. And they're dying from it. 
their ego is literally getting them killed. You have to understand that when you rev your engine and you drive fast and you drive cool and you pull in and you know the only person that thinks you're cool? You. Every other person on the road just thinks you're a jerk because you are. Let's talk about motorcycles now. I used to have a joke. I'd go, yeah, instant a-hole, just add motorcycle. I don't know what it is. People that I know that are just normal, nice, they get on their motorcycle. It's like they change. They become, they rev their engine at the stoplight. What is the purpose of that? I get it, you're on a Harley, they sound cool. Why do you have to rev your engine? You need attention. What are you, 13? You're driving weaving in traffic. I had a um, motorcycle fly behind me and go in between me and the car next to me down the white line. And you're just like, you just risked your life to be cool? Be cautious of this. I don't know what it is, but that holds true. Want to be an a-hole? Get yourself a motorcycle. Now, are there good motorcycle riders? Absolutely. In fact, they're probably the majority. But there's a large, large portion that just become jerks the minute they hop on that bike. And, and like I said, it was remarkable to me because in many instances, I'd be sitting with somebody, having a beer with them, and just fun, just chatting, everything, normal guy. Get on a motorcycle, instant jerk. The only person impressed is who? You. That's your ego. And your ego is going to get you killed. So to all of my friends with pickup trucks, motorcycles, please think about that. I don't want to lose, and I have lost friends on motorcycles, including a couple relatives, believe it or not. couple. More than one. <laughs> It's it's not a joke. So there's my little public service announcement. Um, be cautious, you truck drivers. Trucks are not cars. Even those of you with Raptors, it's not a car. I know it's cool looking. It looks sporty. It doesn't handle like a car. And it doesn't stop like a car. So please be cautious. All right, let's get back to real estate investing and really the psychology behind it. A lot of people, there's a phrase out there, and it, it really fits for trying to do anything, whether it's, you know, starting your own restaurant, um, buying a franchise, starting a plumbing company, buying real estate. Real estate, restaurants, franchise, they're not hard. But the human being behind it is. It takes more work. In other words, in my Saturday class, and I know it irritates people, because the first three hours 
of my eight-hour class is, guess what? Psychology. I spend more time getting people's head right, getting it out of the employee mentality and into what's known as the millionaire mentality, and they are two completely different mentalities. I spend more time moving people from the employee mentality into the millionaire mentality than I do anything else. Teaching people single family, easy as pie. Teaching people apartments, easy as pie. Self-storage, easy as pie. But getting you to take action and simply believe in yourself is the hardest part the hardest part and it comes down to the fact that we have a kind of ingrained belief system about life and because of our egos we don't want to admit that these ingrained ideas and thoughts are not right Think about this for a moment so that I can give you an example of how the ego keeps you doing the same thing over and over again. Let's say you're 40 plus. You've worked for 20 years. You've worked 40, 50, 60 hours a week. For 20 years. And you're still not in the financial position you want to be in. Did you know that your ego doesn't want to admit that what you were doing was wrong? And wasteful? Useless? It doesn't. It's too painful. Too painful. So what your ego does is say, well, it was, we had the wrong president, the economy was the problem, the corporation I was working with wasn't good, and we come up with all these reasons why working 20 years, 50, 60 hours a week didn't work. Instead of coming up with this result, huh, I worked for 20 years, everything I did didn't work, I think I'll do something different the next 20 years. That's what you should be thinking. But your ego won't let you. It won't let you. Your ego tells you, nope, you were doing the right thing. Stay on track. You're right. The ego doesn't want to say, you were wrong, man. You just wasted 20 years of your life. It doesn't want to say that. It's too darn painful for the ego. So what you have to do is, one, you need a heavy evaluation at age 40. Two times 40 is 80, okay? 40 is midlife. Not what they show you on TV, the 55-year-old walking the beach. Middle-aged Mr. Smith. What's he going to live to be, 110? No, middle age is 35, 40. Two times 35, 70. Two times 40 is 80. Only 1% of Americans live past 80. That, that's middle age. You better wake up. So at 40, you need to do a heavy, heavy, heavy evaluation and go, 
did what I did over the last 20 years get me in the financial position that I want to be in or not? And do not use this word, failure. Some of you are beating yourself up right now and you're saying, man, I'm not, no, I'm not in the financial position I want to be in. I've worked for 20 plus years. I'm a failure. No, you're not. You successfully did the wrong things, <laughs> but you were successful at them. And there's there therein lies the problem. Everybody that I know is successful, everybody, just at the wrong things. I don't know too many losers. They're out there, I'm sure. But the people that I know are winners. They're just winning at the wrong thing. They got a great job. Well, jobs don't do it for you. They're scrimping and saving. Scrimping and saving doesn't work. We got to go to break, but when we come back, I'm going to show you how to tone down the ego and control it so that it will allow you to change what you're doing over the next 20 years and not fight you. I'm even going to show you how to get your ego on your team, which you've got to do because it ain't going away. Nobody doesn't have an ego. We'll talk more about that when we come back from the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where we're talking about um, evaluating yourself at midlife, 35-40. And if you're beyond that and you forgot to do it because you were thinking 50 was midlife or 55, no, let's go backwards a little bit. Let's get it done today. And we were talking about how the ego has a tendency to tell you, Oh, you're doing fine. Stay the course. I know it didn't work the first 20 years, but it'll work the next 20 years. You got to get that thing under control because it's not going to go away. The people who are listening that went, oh, I don't have to listen to this part. I don't have an ego. Guess what? You got the biggest ego of anybody. Anybody who says they don't have an ego has the biggest ego on the planet. That is the most egotistical thing you could possibly say. No, everyone has an ego. The wonderful thing about it is that you can get your ego on your team. What the ego does is it propels you towards things that you think are going to impress other people. Um, I was joking earlier about people who rev their motorcycles or cars at the stoplight. It's like they think they're impressing other people. That's the ego. They're not. Everybody thinks they're a loud jerk. 
but they think that they're cool. Same thing with certain clothes, watches, um, cars. We think, oh, if I'm driving this car, everybody's going to think I'm cool. No, they just think you got some money. That's about it. But again, the wonderful thing about your ego is you can control it. You can get it on your team. What I did was I convinced myself that my ego would be attached to raising incredible kids and having an incredible relationship with my kids. So my ego propelled me towards that. I thought I would be cool if I had a second stream of income. So my ego propelled me towards that. I always wanted a Ferrari. I'm telling you from the time I was old enough to know what it was, I wanted one. I attached my ego to it, and I got it. It's It will propel you towards anything you attach it to. Now, the Ferrari is a silly thing. I get it. It's just for fun. But if you attach your ego, it's going to propel you towards it. If you've ever bought a house that was more expensive and bigger than you needed, that was because your ego was attached to it. You thought, ooh, my neighbors, my relatives are going to think I'm so cool if I buy this big house. Ooh, if I buy this big car that I really can't afford, it's going to make me look cool to my neighbors and my friends. And you do it. you got to get that under control. And your ego is also the one propelling you to do the same thing another 20 years, even though the first time you did it, it didn't work. So what you have to understand is where these beliefs come from that are stimulating your ego. And I go through this at least once a month, I believe. It's the table, the belief table concept that your beliefs are like a table. The tabletop represents the belief such as if I buy this expensive car I'll look cool to my friends and everybody will think I've got money. The legs that hold up that belief will be the legs of past experience and they hold the belief up keeping it from falling into disbelief. So the legs have to be under the belief. And you may have watched a movie where your hero had that particular car. So that's a past experience where you say, yeah, if I had that car, I'll be cool like my hero in the movie. Or maybe when you were young, you saw a rich relative with that car and you thought how cool that was. That's another leg that holds up that belief. And you may have two legs that hold up the belief. You may have 20 legs that hold up the belief. The problem is that's purely ego-based. It really doesn't have anything to do with reality. And what you want to do is get your beliefs associated with reality. In reality, no one's impressed. They really don't care. I read this the other day. Dance like no one's watching. They aren't. I was like, good Lord, that's true. 
I have trouble dancing because I always feel I feel self-conscious. I feel like everybody's what? Then I watch me. They're over trying to dance and they're worried everybody's watching them. <laughs> and it's it's just funny, but my favorite example is the diversification belief table. When I first started investing in real estate, I thought you were supposed to be diversified. And the legs underneath that of past experience weren't even my past experience. I'd never been rich. So how did I know that diversification worked? Does that make sense? How did I know? It's a thing called referral past experience. It came from somebody else. See, my parents taught me not to put all my eggs in one basket. So there's one leg under that belief. Then my high school teachers, I took college prep economics. They taught me to be diversified. When I got into college, took an economics class, they taught me to be diversified. Do you see the legs under that belief? My parents, um, my high school teachers, my college professors, and then what did my financial planner teach me? Be diversified. So that one, you can see, has four legs under it, holding up that belief. Here's the problem. Were my parents ever in the financial position that I wanted to be in? No. Does it make sense that that leg shouldn't have been under there? because it was unqualified referral past experience. I then thought about my high school teachers. Were any of my high school teachers in the financial position that I wanted to be in? No. Another leg of unqualified referral past experience. When I was at Texas A&M, I was trying to date this girl, and I audited a class with her. I went into the classroom where a professor came in, complained about his car note, his house note, and his pay, and then did guess what? Taught economics. I asked myself again. This was actually asked of me. I'm telling the story a little different. I was asked by my mentor, one of my mentors, Steve, were your college professors ever in the financial position that you want to be in? I went, no. Can you see that all the legs under my belief, including the financial planner, my financial planner was not in the financial position that I wanted to be in. See, some of you have gotten desperate and hired financial planners. You get desperate, right? You're not getting the success you want. You're not getting the wealth that you want, so you go hire a financial planner because they have a title financial planner. The poor and the middle class love titles, by the way. The wealthy love results. The average financial planner in the United States makes around a hundred grand a year. And here's what you did. You went to them and said, look, I know you don't make a lot of money. I know you're not rich. I know you're not retired. But can you teach me how to get rich and retire? They can't help you. Your parents can't help you. 
Your high school teachers can't help you. Your college professors can't help you. They've never done it. See, once I had that conversation with my mentor and he pointed out that all of my beliefs had come about money had come from people unqualified to give them to me. Fortunately, about the same time I was reading Tony Robbins, the book is uh, Awaken the Giant Within. Awaken the Giant Within. And he described this belief table, and it reminded me of my conversation with my mentor. And Robbins then explains how to rebuild your belief system. What you do is you take every one of your beliefs, question the legs under it, question the referral past experience. Was it qualified? If you recognize that it wasn't qualified, you need to put new legs under the belief. So what I did was I started reading books by millionaires and billionaires and studying them trying to find out if any of them believed in diversification. And what I found was that Sam Walton, Walmart billionaire, Peter Lynch, billionaire, Warren Buffett, billionaire, you know what they all call it in their books? De-worse-ification. De-worse-ification. we got to go to break, but when I come back, I'm going to tell you what Andrew Carnegie said about diversification 120 years ago. And you're it's you're gonna love it. All right, this is the Total Wealth Academy Radio Show. I'm your host Steve Davis. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? Twenty years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where we're talking about where our beliefs come from, how to control them, and get the correct or more effective beliefs into our life, and then get our ego attached to it so that all of our effort and our energy goes into achieving those goals. Those, Because your belief system is going to give you new goals. And... Achieving those goals is going to require every effort, every grain of energy you've got, plus your ego behind it. Um, But at the end of the last segment, I promised you I'd tell you what Andrew Carnegie, also a billionaire, when billionaire meant something, uh, said about diversification. What Andrew Carnegie said was, put all your eggs in one basket and spend your entire life making sure nobody kicks over your basket. Now, isn't it funny? Every one of you, when I said it, remember when I said my parents taught me not to put all my eggs in one basket? You knew what I was going to say before I said it. The poor and the middle class know that belief. They stand behind it. 
they use it, even though it doesn't work. But none of you, almost none of you, knew what Andrew Carnegie said about diversification, a billionaire. You must realize that diversification is an excuse for not knowing what you're doing. Take this example and think deeply as I go through this because I'm going to throw out some numbers. If you got a pen or piece of paper and can write this down in a safe place, do so. Not in your car. If you diversify and one of your stocks makes you 20%, one of them makes you 10%, one of them makes you 5%, one of them makes you 0 one of them loses you 5%, one of them loses you 10%, and one of them loses you 20%. What's your average? Zero. And isn't that what you're getting, or just about? Why didn't your financial planner put all of your money in the one that made 20%? Why didn't your financial planner put all of your money in the one that made 20%? Because he didn't know. Diversification is an excuse for not knowing. They don't know. Nobody does. So don't beat up your financial planner. Don't get mad at them or anything like that. Nobody knows. So they diversify, saying, well, if this sector starts declining, this sector will go up. But it's still the average, which is around zero. You know, and to be fair to the stock market, the average over the last 75 years is around 7%. That's all you're going to get. You can diversify. You can focus. You can study. You can pick. You can what? You're going to average seven percent. That's it. And it's pretty much guaranteed. It's been the same for seventy-five years. And but I, there's a couple other guarantees. I guarantee you'll never get rich, and I guarantee you'll never retire at seven percent rate of return. So, again, take all of your beliefs about money, about sex, about relationships, about raising kids, about fitness, about nutrition. Question them. Where did those beliefs come from? Did they come from people qualified to teach you that? I know obese people who have to finish everything on their plate because their parents told them that was the rule. And they're still doing it at 40 and they're 75 pounds overweight. Maybe you should question that belief. You're getting divorced? Why don't you question your beliefs about what it means to be a good husband? or good wife and you may find that there are some obvious mistakes there are some obvious beliefs 
that you're, you think are real, you think are true. See, you got to understand, beliefs are neither right nor wrong. They're either effective or ineffective. See, if you use the word right or wrong, those are ego-based words, and your ego doesn't like to be wrong. And it will lie and say, no, it was her. I was doing the right thing. She just didn't respond to it the way I, the way she should have. No, you were doing the wrong thing. But your ego doesn't want to say that. So what you do is you take the words right and wrong out of your vocabulary and you say, either it worked or it didn't. And you can keep the ego in check. It didn't work. Let me go study and find a new belief and use that and give that a try. If that doesn't work, what do you do? You give up, right? No. You go find a new belief and try it until you find the one that works. In the love relationship, um, the, my favorite book is The Five Love Languages by, Ch I believe it's Chapman. But what he defines are five different ways to communicate with your spouse. And what you do is you start with the first one. Did that work? Nope. Go to the second one? Nope. Go to the third? Nope. Go fourth? Oh, that one worked. And the wonderful thing about this book, I say this every time I mention this book, do you know that once you find, you know, there are five main forms of communication in, the rom in romance. Once you find the one that works with your current lover, spouse, and you start using it, a thing called trust occurs, and the other four start working too. Now you've got five ways to communicate with your spouse, and they all work because you built up that trust. That's a little off topic. Let's get back to, but remember, your belief is the tabletop. The legs of past experience hold up the belief and keep it from falling into disbelief. You've got to control that referral past experience. Make sure that it's qualified. If you're not getting the results from your life that you want, you've got some bad beliefs. You've got some ineffective strategies. And like I said at the top of the hour, there's books on it. Books on everything. Not all of them are great. But I'd rather read a bad book on relationships than no book. Um, start reading. Start attending seminars. Get around people qualified to give you their referral past experience. You know, when people join Total Wealth Academy, they literally start hanging out with 30, 40 millionaires. When a millionaire tells you this is what you should do with your money, they're qualified to tell you because they did it. They've been there. They've achieved it. They can tell you how to achieve it as well. But if you look at your financial beliefs, didn't they come from your parents? 
your high school teachers, your college professors, your boss, your financial planner, were any of them multimillionaire entrepreneurs? Is it not possible that they gave you ineffective beliefs? It's not just possible, it's probable. Probable. Listen, you don't go to the guy who's been divorced five times and ask him about marriage. You don't go to the morbidly obese guy who's 50 pounds overweight and ask him how to get in shape. You've got to go to the correct source. And that's why people are joining clubs like Total Wealth Academy in droves now. There are multiple, multiple clubs doing what we do. We're, of course, the best. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, that that's what's going on in your head. And if you will take the time to start questioning all of your beliefs, you're going to find very quickly that most of your beliefs came from people unqualified to give them to you. Unqualified. So what you want to do is start rebuilding those beliefs, get control of them, get your ego on your team. Don't look at them again as right or wrong. They either work or they don't. They're either effective or ineffective. If they're ineffective, ditch them, rebuild that belief with qualified referral past experience and get out there and use that. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Have a fantastic weekend. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.